Hey everybody, welcome. You notice this cool jazzy bass line? That's because we're going to read you some poetry today. Uh, so, the library where I live has a, an annual writer in residence program, which I have applied for three times and not won three times. Which I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess I'm not upset about it, but I also am. You know, as one would be. I feel like, uh, well, and yeah. Anyway, in the future, they're, they're thinking of opening it up to be a creative in residence. To open it up to visual artists and other, other things like that. Which I think is fine, but I don't know. Here's my feeling about it, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I, I write, so I have a bias here. I think there's like opportunities for visual arts that don't exist for writing. I don't think there's a lot of like ways that writing is showcased in the world. You can basically go through your entire day and not come across writing of any kind, whereas like visual arts, hey, you see a mural or some shit, right? But anyway, um, I did it. I did something different this year because I was like, you know, what am I? What do I want to do? Like, if I was the writer in residence, and I decided I wanted to do a poetry collection. You know, it's been I think probably ten years since at least since the release of uh, Barehanded, my poetry collection that I wrote one time. I don't even really remember it. Um, this is an embarrassing thing for me. But anyone who's listened to the show for a while knows that uh, I don't really remember stuff very long. Like, I don't really know uh, what what I've done. I don't know what I've done. But it's I just feel like I've done a lot of things. So it's hard for me to remember and respond to some things. Because I just don't really even know that they've happened, right? I'm, I'm looking it up right now to see when when this was published. 2011. So we're almost 10 years, so I could do a little poetry chapbook every 10 years, right? That would be pretty uh, pretty solid way of going about this whole thing. So I wanted to do that, but I also I wanted to do what I'm thinking of like as fun poetry. So I guess like I wanted to... Um, make poetry that I, I hate this word but that's accessible but it's not because I want it to be accessible it's like I just think it could be not boring that's probably a better way to put it is just say like look it doesn't have to be fucking boring as fuck even though it sometimes seems to be and it doesn't have to be this hoity-toity thing right it can be something a little a little bit less uh I don't know important a little less important. So at any rate, uh, I have I have a poetry collection that I'm working on, and you know what? I'm just gonna do it myself. 
as basically I always do. So this really changes nothing for me. So uh, let's just go through some of these. I think there's like 40 pages of it, but I don't know, like poetry, 40 pages of poetry is like five pages of real. All right, let's start with this one. My mom is a sitcom neighbor. My mom pulled this scam. The way her sewer bill works, they watch how much she puts in the sewer for a month, then they bill her based on volume. Volume being the nicest word for what we're talking about here. Her scam. My mom goes out and buys a ton of underwear and buys a gym membership. So for the month, there's no laundry, no showers, and toilet at work when possible. Skip to the end. The plan tanked. The measurement dates went from the middle of one month to the middle of the next. See, my mom thought it was the calendar month, so she spent two weeks of her measurement period using almost no water, then went apeshit for the second half, which meant her scam failed. But there's something nice about your mom, who's edged up to retirement age, and even though she's delivering for Meals on Wheels, you worry she's bored. It's nice to see your mom pulling a scam. Oh, and Meals on Wheels was kind of a scam too, but that's another story. Those are my finger snaps. <laughs> All right, uh, job interviews. Hilarious. Here's what you learn from someone in a job interview. Do they own one nice outfit? Can they plow through the boringest parts of our website, like our mission and stuff? Can they arrive at a place on time without being like a half hour early? Then you ask questions like, tell us about a time you broke a rule to achieve a goal. But you don't want to hear about how they stood on a rolling office chair to change a light bulb or any of the real things people do. Really, you should probably pick whoever sucks, because they're the worst liar and you'll know when they're up to something. Or just flip a coin. At least that way it's the coin's fault. This one is untitled. How do you know it's time to adopt new words? You say, that song is fire. You roll this weird word around in your mouth, but the taste, it's all wrong. Then you say it to another person, and it rides this breath wave. You can see the what the fuck on their face. And then you get nervous because they're looking at you like what you said was a racist slur. As a note, sometimes new words really are racial slurs. Watch out for that. It's safest to stick with your old words, but you can't call everything da bomb forever. You need new stuff so you don't get made fun of, but then the new stuff gets you made fun of. You just get made fun of either way. Either because you're a fap doodle or a fucktard. Netflix part one. Yes, Netflix. I am still watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Stop asking. What favor do you think you're doing with that question? And while I don't like the exertion of finding the remote and clicking a button, what I really don't like is the shame of feeling like clicking a button counts as exertion. How about you cut to the chase, Netflix? Ask me once every year. Pete, are you still a lazy sack of shit? Ask me in an email, and when I don't respond because I can't be bothered, there's your answer right there. I'm getting tired of snapping. Can I use this? Is this good? What is this like? Wait, that really goes on. Uh, this is called Daylight Savings is Brand New Information. You don't need to remind me about Daylight Savings. 
I get your text, your tweet, your cute gif on a device that changes the time by itself. This is not special information that you have special access to. You're not some time baron, the only one with the knowledge of this twice annual event. While I do think spring forward needs to happen at noon on a Monday, it's really not a big deal. Ever stay up an hour too late? Go into work a little tired? Same shit. This one's called Lights. Light beams out from every object in my house. Even things that don't need a light. Does the coffee grinder need a light? It's either plugged in or not. I'll never navigate to the coffee grinder in total darkness. And the DVD player? Two lights. Red is off, green is on. Now who decided that? Doesn't red mean emergency? Is it an emergency that the DVD player is off? How does that qualify as an emergency? Pac-Man clock. I got this Pac-Man clock designed by a dope. The thing is so bright. You can't sleep in a room with it, and it throws weird lights and shadows on the walls. It's got animation, Pac-Man chasing ghosts, and this happens every time you take a breath. Did the person who built this never see a cuckoo clock? It's the same principle, just visual. You wouldn't make a cuckoo clock that goes off every 12 seconds. I went to sell the clock online because it looks really fun so long as you don't know how bright and frequent it is. And I discovered nobody makes this clock anymore. Probably the right choice. But because nobody makes them, the one I have is worth money. You'd think I'd sell it, this clock I don't even like. But now I know it's the most expensive house decoration I own. It's the cuckoo clock from a grandpa's house. We put up with this thing even though it annoys the ever-loving shit out of us. This one's called Three Months Ring. It's total bullshit to pay three months salary for a ring. But it's a useful benchmark because if you find someone who expects you to spend that much, you know that you've found a person to not marry. Find yourself a girl who probably secretly wants that three month ring, but she's too good a person to admit it. Free tampons. Someone told me there's a movement to make tampons free. I get it, they're necessary. But how about shoes? Doesn't everybody need shoes? <laughs> this one is called Flex. Anyone who pays more than a hundred bucks for sneakers is a fucking fool. It's called a flex, and for the record, if you flex your bicep in public, you're also a fucking fool. This one is called Grammar Nazis. Something I really hate is when people correct someone's grammar. If you're so smart, say something smart. Say your own smart thing. Don't just correct someone else. This is called Watching. I like to wear a watch. Nothing fancy. Don't you feel stupid when you check your stupid phone for the time? Isn't it like finding the remote and clicking the TV on to check the time? Or you get in your car and start it up to check the little clock on the dash? 
Or you buy a movie ticket for a 7 o'clock show and sit down and wait and then figure it's 7 when the lights go down. And how badly do you need to know anyway? I've seen you. You're not doing anything. This one called Women Be Planting. Women love houseplants. If there were no women, whole sections of hardware stores would close tomorrow. I rent a home designed specifically to separate me from nature. Because nature has bad boundaries. I invited in a houseplant, not a bunch of fruit flies. With nature, it's like you're throwing a house party all the time, and it's getting out of hand, and randos are just walking in, bugs you don't even know who are all like, dude, I know the houseplant. This is why I believe in global warming. Not like I believe it's real. I believe in global warming being the right thing to do. Man versus nature is finally tilting in our favor and you just want to give up? Or look at bees. Bees were stinging us all the time without mercy and now they're on the ropes and we're backing down? Not me, baby. I'll take 10 plastic straws in my water with every refill. This is, these red back to back sound very insane. This is called Feeding My Buzz. Just once I want to read an article with a 12 facts about rhinos and number seven, as advertised, does in fact blow my mind. I read fact number seven and the blood starts from my nose, then my ears, my eyes lose shape and spill down my cheeks, my teeth shrivel into black nubs. I try to scream, but nothing in my head is hooked up anymore. The top of my skull cracks, the pain is exquisite, and fragments of bone rocket through my scalp. My brain, the whole thing with my head, an inside-out landmine. Someone will rush to my side. A busty woman. Why not? I'm making this all up anyway. She'll put her face close to mine and swear to everyone later when she's sitting on the back bumper of the ambulance wrapped in a blanket that doesn't fit around her jugs. I told you she was busty. She'll swear she heard me say, with my dying breath, something like, Wow! Who knew? Sickos. Everybody who's sick says the same thing. I'm not contagious. Oh, really? How do you know that? Did a doctor tell you that? Because I'm pretty sure the period of contagiousness and sickness aren't, are the same thing. So if I can tell you're sick, you're contagious. You're not fooling everyone. On the flip side, people love to figure out who got them sick, as if that somehow helps them get better. If I can blame some villain, then what? What are you gonna do, kick their ass? Kick someone's ass who gave you a cold? Herpes, sure. Bed bugs, perhaps. But over a cold? You're an adult. You can't go around kicking asses and expect that to work for you. Everyone, let's just adopt some new rules. One. Let's assume if you feel sick, or if I can tell you're sick, you're contagious. Just stay home. If you end up feeling great, eh, false alarm. Two, instead of blaming someone for getting you sick, just key their car like a grown-up and move on. Restaurant trash. Whenever someone sticks a restaurant flyer on my car, I litter that shit. Don't get me wrong, I'm no litter bug. I've spent hours with a grabber in a bucket pinching pieces of trash off the roadside and not even for a DUI, by choice. The thing is, when a restaurant does that, I want the world to know they're shitheads. 
Plus, I never bring trash into a restaurant and ask the waitress to toss it for me. That's a classless move. So it's only fair, seeing as I don't ask them to deal with my trash, that they don't force me to deal with theirs. Most people wouldn't let it bother them. I'm fully prepared to admit that I'm worse than most people, alive or dead. Everyone who just crumples those papers up and doesn't think about them all the time. The missing instructions for those self-serve Coke machines with all the different flavors you can mix and match. Step one. As you wait in line, use this time to decide on a flavor instead of using the time of the people waiting behind you while you stand at the machine. There are many choices. Prepare yourself. Step two. It's normal for the machine to smell like old roller rink carpet, apparently. Step three. Fill your cup to the level where the foam buzzes up even with the rim. At this point, your cup is full. Do not wait for the foam to die down, or even worse, do not slurp foam off the top when the foam touches the rim. That's enough Dr. Pepper. Step four, if stoned, please hand off flavor selection to someone sober. Your altered state will convince you that you're the world's first Sprite sommelier who will find the perfect ratio of berry and citrus Sprites that lets you see into other dimensions. It's just that damn good. This is important information in Colorado. Step five, we all live in a world of consequences. If you pick a lousy Sprite, you sit down, you drink it, and you let that be a lesson for next time. Death by my own soda-filled hand. Suicide is the name for all the sodas at a tap mixed together. Seems a little dramatic. If you put an ounce of coffee in your Coke, like Flannery O'Connor, what's that called, a 9-11? What about chips between the bread and a sandwich? A genocide? Sliced mayo. I don't know how else to describe what it is I saw. At the store, they have sliced mayo. Like, you know how they sell individual slices of cheese? That, except mayo. Here's why that doesn't work. One, you would never ask someone for a slice of mayo. Therefore, it should not come in individual slices. Two, it's disgusting. Three, it assumes most people fall within a mayo range when they stack a sandwich together. This is just a damn lie. Some people use a light coating, just enough, and for some monsters, they'll have to slap down a couple slices. Four, it's vile. Five, every so often we get a new thing that seems like our current low as a people. A new answer to the question, how lazy can you get? Sliced mayo is my personal rock bottom. I'm pretty sure before Rome fell, they invented sliced mayo, like days before. Six. It's ghastly. Seven, someone out there is going to just eat slices of mayo. Whether this person knew beforehand that this is something they wanted to do is unknown, but now that it's an option, someone will plow through several slices of mayo straight up. Eight, this belongs on Fear Factor. Nine, I hate it. 10, I'm not a violent man, but I would consider violence if it meant fixing something that I saw as a societal wrong. The pen chain question. 
There are two kinds of people in the world. That statement can have a lot of follow-ups. Here's mine. At the bank, they sometimes put a pen on a chain. One of those little beaded chains, I guess because pens are valuable. There are two kinds of people in the world. The first kind is the type of person who would think it was funny to replace that small beaded chain with a chain of equal weight, the same heft, but the chain is maybe 75 feet long. Long enough that you could carry the chained pen all the way out the front doors, but not quite to your car. The other kind of person is the kind of person who thinks that it would be funnier to replace the little beaded chain with a giant, thick-wired chain, the kind of thing a stage magician ties himself up in. A chain so heavy it renders the pen unusable for the infirm bank customers. That's mine. That's my there are two kinds of people in the world. You should make up one for yourself. Get creative with it. Ask people at bars. It's way more fun than, so what do you do? Colonoscopy. People who work at the colonoscopy place have no sense of humor. Gentrification. People like to complain about gentrification. For me, moving to the gentrified neighborhood meant there was nobody getting the shit beat out of them right outside my window. Not once either, not an isolated incident. Overall, gentrification was a positive for me. Maybe those same dudes are getting the shit beat out of them somewhere else. Maybe that's the problem I'm not seeing. The coffee shop and the hip restaurant meant the guy getting the shit beat out of him had to have the shit beat out of him in a worse neighborhood every year. It's bad enough they're beating the shit out of you. But this parking lot, woof. Somebody is really laying down on the job when it comes to sealing the cracks here. Dude, The Matrix. Has anyone ever asked you if you think life is a big computer simulation? I hate that shit. It's possible, sure. Let's just pretend it's possible. Then what? People who like marijuana like to talk about this a lot more than people who don't like marijuana. The key when someone who likes marijuana asks you about this is to just agree with whatever they say. Then you don't have to talk about it as long. Just a little Colorado survival tip now that weed's legal and all. Kitty survival. People will tell you cats are lousy pets because they'll eat your eyes after you die. I say, who fucking cares? One, I'm dead. Two, I signed the organ donor thing on my driver's license. Nobody said the organs had to be for human survival. I mean, let's put some perspective in here. I'm the asshole who trapped a cat in a house, forced it to love me, and then died. What's a cat supposed to do? I didn't teach it how to unlock my phone with its toe beans. Its whole life it lived on 10 cents of dry, disgusting pellets. Doesn't a cat deserve an eyeball or two, just once? Seems like a reasonable exchange for a life mate. If I could marry the perfect woman, whose only quirk was she wanted to eat my eyes if I died first, I would propose, today. Last thing, cats are real cute. Pleasing to the eye, you might say. If the cat ends up pleased by the eye, that sounds like full circle, good trade. Netflix part two. Sometimes Netflix says, because you watched this, and gives you a whole row of movies based on something else you watched. 
Sometimes this feels like a punishment. So you thought it would be a good idea to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Ooze? See if it holds up? Well, how do you feel about that now? Because here's how you should feel. Sometimes it's like Netflix can't let go. It acts like your girlfriend when you call her the wrong name in the sack. Netflix might say it's cool with you watching a movie like Next starring Nicolas Cage, and in this movie he has a psychic ability that lets him see five minutes into the future. Or Knowing, also starring Nicolas Cage, where Nicolas Cage stumbles across a prophecy about the end of the world and aliens or something. I can't really remember. Netflix pretends it's cool with your minor accidental transgression. But a year later, Netflix brings it up again, and it's like it happened yesterday. Microsoft Excel. I don't understand Microsoft Excel. There are lots of good conspiracy theories about the moon and about Pearl Harbor. My conspiracy theory, the one I'm taking credit for unveiling, is that Excel is designed to be complicated so people can keep their jobs. Does Microsoft Word force you to know what kerning is? No. Does PowerPoint make you input code to advance a slide after a certain number of seconds? No. Excel seems to require an advanced degree to tell it to do something I can describe in words to another human easily. I know some of you are hearing this and you're like, Pete, buddy, Excel ain't that tough. Yeah? You know, there's also a bunch of wingnuts out there who will tell you argon oil solves your health problems. See the great argon oil conspiracy of 2010. We all ruined Facebook. Facebook, in its heyday, it was a great way to look up a hot babe from class. Or show fun pictures someone snapped when you threw up in a gorilla mask. Now it's like, don't put that up. Don't you want to be a senator someday? And nobody thinks it's weird for your boss to check out your Facebook before they hire you. Even though that's like your boss tagging along on a night out with friends. We blame Zuckerberg, but we did it. We posted babies and politics and fundraisers for kids who got fucked up by diseases, and we made another part of the internet tasteful. Red Light District. You're at the front of the line at a red light? That's responsibility. Responsibility most people take too lightly. It's only a dozen breaths. Maybe not even that long to hit the guitar solo on Ozzy's Bark at the Moon if you started the song right when you hit the light. Stay off your phone. Your makeup will wait. Maybe tell your passenger politely to shut the fuck up. When you're in front, it's make or break moment for you. Are you going to be a good citizen? A leader? When you have a kid and when that kid says, Dad, when you were at the front of the red light, what did you do? Are you going to tell that kid, Son, I fucked it up? Okay, maybe you haven't led a perfect life up to now. You're not a perfect dad or a perfect wife or even a halfway decent cook. Maybe you told your ex you burned those Polaroids, and maybe you didn't burn those Polaroids. This is your chance to be a good person no matter what happened up to now. By the way, if you're getting honked at at red lights, you're the problem. Not the people behind you, who you always say, geez buddy, what's the hurry? What's the hurry? I'm in a car and I'm going somewhere where I don't want to spend extra time sitting behind you in my car. If I want to spend extra time sitting in a car, I'll do that in my garage at home. Besides, it's not up to you whether or not I'm in a hurry. Let's be heroes together. 
let's go when it's time to go. Urgent email. Email has this button you push to sell to tell someone else your email is urgent. That's some stupid shit. Let me tell you how this works on my end. When I get an email, I see what it's about and I decide if it's urgent, not you. Because you don't know. You don't know my life. Maybe this is urgent to you, but maybe my life has more urgent shit in it than yours and my definition of urgent is different. Maybe you think you need a document urgently. Maybe I spent the evening in the emergency room where we discovered my girlfriend has a meningioma. That's a tumor on her brain, by the way. And maybe this discovery has rejiggered my scale when it comes to urgent. And maybe when I get your urgent email, urgent by your standards, I take a look and I assess that it's about as urgent as everything else in my work queue, which honestly ain't that goddamn urgent. Well, there you go. That's my uh that's my <laughs> That's my poems. I think that's everything. I'm trying to remember if I had like a, uh, you know, any different ones that I sent in or anything, but I don't think so. I think that's everything I had. How many times have we heard this baseline in a row now? Like 50,000? That's probably an exaggeration. And probably is an under-exaggeration of the exaggeration. It's not probably, an, it's definitely an exaggeration. Just looking at my uh, submitted thing here to see, see what I see what I did. Um, there's this software online called Submittable, where most people like uh, submit all their shit, and like you can get on there and see all the rejections you've had over the past several years. So it's pretty amazing. Um, let's see, content. Here's my sample. I think I, I just want to make sure I actually read these to you. I would hate for you to feel like I neglected uh, neglected you in our time together. Tun 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 tun. Isn't that amazing? This is, I bet this person playing this very slow bass line never thought. Here's the thing, if you're gonna play this bass line and then put it up on like a free sound thing, wouldn't you like, I don't know, do it faster? So the ones I sent in were My Mom is a Sitcom Neighbor, um, Netflix Part One, and Urgent Email. That's basically all I had room for. So I didn't send in all the super crazy ones or the ones that talked about busty ladies. Just, uh, just so you know I'm not that crazy. <laughs> all right everyone well that's that's our show for today i hope that was satisfying to you because that's all you fucking get we'll see you next time